Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is just the tip. Everybody wants to shout at Joe Biden to fix it. Everybody wants to shout at Mitch McConnell for fixing it. And they, what they're doing is they're walking right past some obvious solutions of community just to complain nationally. And Joe Biden isn't your dad. He's not the police. He's not the boss. He's just a president. We don't want to give him an outsized role. We don't want to give the president an outsized role in our community. He's there to execute national directives from Congress, right? The people say, we want this. Senate says, this is how we're going to do it. Gives it to the president. He executes it. I don't want the president coming up willy-nilly with ways to solve problems. I didn't want it in Trump. I don't want it in Biden. But I want people to understand it's them. You're babysitting your own kid. I'm not. (laughs) Right. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. We're back. <laughs> All right, there we go. So, so the question—the question about what's in our food—really does it really does play an important role because the idea that you're going to get rid of chemicals and pesticides and herbicides and all of that stuff right. in order to maintain a healthy crop is is, is not feasible. But at the same time, there have been new methods developed in agriculture in order to reduce the reliance on those things. Yeah. Good. So for example, so, so for example, like I told you about, you know, when farmers would have to till their fields, it was a common practice to till your field. You know, the idea was, is, is that by turning the soil, you were, you know, taking what was left over from last year, burying it in the soil. So that way it would break down further. And, you know, you'd end up having a very, you know, you'd end up having a better, um, a better organic mix in your soil. Turns out that's not really the case. Turns out what that does is it leads to soil erosion. You end up having lower quality of soil. Different nutrients end up blowing away because of you know how arid the soil is. Right. There's a number of problems with it. So by moving towards a no-till strategy, what they've found out is, is that, oh, hey, because we're minimally disturbing the soil, weeds aren't necessarily taking root in some of these places. That's cool. Also, because you're not you're not turning soil, you're having less issues with erosion. Because you're not turning the soil, you don't have all of these nutrients blowing away. Because you're not turning the soil, you know you have all of these benefits of not turning the soil. How does that soil. effect runoff? Well, think about it this way: if you have loose soil, mm-hmm. you have loose places right. that allow water to flow. Right now, if it's if it's not as loose 
is there runoff? Absolutely possible. Well, of course. It, it's just is it negligible or not? I'm just well, the the runoff issues. The runoff issues are a question of a couple of things. Number one, it's you know where you know what is your what is your soil's ability to have water leach through yeah, into your yeah, water? Yeah, right. Now, some places the water, like for example, the water table where I uh, particularly lived, the water table was like a hundred feet below. Wow! So the idea that you're going to get, you know, you, the idea that you're going to get a ton of chemical runoff down into your water table, I mean, you're really going to have to like have a bunch of chemicals, and you're going to have to have a bunch of water, and it's going to take a lot of time to. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 not impossible, but it's improbable. Right. That said. Um, into major waterways. I mean, there's always the possibility water doesn't stop flowing just because you stop turning the soil. It's just that if there is compounds in loose soil, mm -hmm. that loose soil is not being taken with when it runs because there is no loose soil when you switch to no-till methods. Gotcha. Yeah. I just thought loose, so you loose, run, loose you soil have, would make more for more runoff. I don't know why I thought absolutely. that. It, abs it absolutely would because a lot of those chemicals rest at the surface. Right. And so when that surface soil is getting washed away, it's getting washed into major waterways. That chemical is then moving into major waterways. Right. So by having less uh, soil get turned over, you actually have a better chance at you know, minimizing your runoff. Like and even as a, and even from a farmer's perspective, because you don't, you're not just putting, you know, chemical spray on there to kill weeds. You're also putting fertilizers down in order to make sure that your crops have the nutrients that they need to grow. And you don't want that washing away because it's literally money running down the fucking gully. Right. So by, by adopting a lot of these methods and methodologies, you've ended up with a reduction in runoff, a reduction in erosion, an increase in crops, an increase in stability of your crops, yes. increases in organic matters, decreases in, in weeds, which leads to the decrease in the number of pesticides and herbicides, or at least herbicides that you'll need to use. Like pesticides that. That can be a little bit of a mixed bag, but, mm. but we have different methods of dealing with different pests. You know, unfortunately grasshoppers are a pain in the ass, but at least in Montana, wheat stem saw fly, we just plant, uh, we just plant wheat with thicker stems rather than hollow stems. That's just how we deal with that. And it's a more natural selection. Yeah, process. I love that. So chemicals, there are ways in which you can minimize the amount of runoff you get. All of this goes down to say that it used to be that farmers were very much a, well, fuck it, we'll just go with this and this will work. As crop science has really progressed and really caught on in a lot of areas, especially rural communities, you know, what, what a lot of farmers have found out that the minimal cost of doing soil, uh, soil studies uh, by doing certain tests at your local chemical, you know, and fertilizer depots, right. you can actually target what you need a lot better. So instead of spending, let's say $20,000 on a fertilizer bill, I'm just, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm yeah, just yeah. throwing numbers out here that you might only need to spend $5,000 on a fertilizer bill. And that extra thousand dollars that you spend on having your soil tested you're still coming out $14,000 ahead of what you used to do right? Uh, because you did soil sample testing. Or, you know, if you're looking at, you know, how you're mixing your chemicals and how effective it is, you know, and what used to be a $50,000, you know, uh, 
herbicide bill might now only be $20,000 because you're, you don't have to apply to the entire soil. You can literally selectively target. Now throw in GPS mapping right. uh, as part of that. You can now map out certain areas that might have weeds in it. And so then when you go to treat your crops, instead of spraying the whole field, you can now target zones mm-hmm. instead. So there have been a lot of improvements in the science of raising food. I would hope so. But there are still, you know, but like anything else, farmers typically don't have, you know, you know, your your small rural farmer typically doesn't have access to most of this technology. Right. And with farmers usually being a pretty aged group, most of them don't have the understanding to use the technology. And so it's the younger generations of farmers that have, you know, grown up with the internet and Mm -hmm. grown up with all this different technology. They're the ones that are coming in to figure out how to use that to their advantage. Corporations like John Deere have also come in and they, they're working, you know, on how to make this a much more feasible platform for farmers to use, you know, anywhere from, you know, your young buck who knows exactly what they're doing to your, your aged, you know, your, your elderly farmer who literally just wants to just jump in the tractor and go. Right. He knows the almanac, that's for sure. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, kind of like what I said in the last, the last show, the past is the past. And what we did in the past may not have necessarily been the best thing, but it was what we, the best that we had for the time. And now, with the advent of, you know, with the real, real good look at crop science, you know, there's a lot that's changing, you know, in agriculture that's moving us away from that, you know, well, if a little is good, more is better. That's good. It just like anything else, it takes time and it takes understanding and it takes, but it also takes people going, you know what, I'm going to mix it according to the way that this goes. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that not every farmer does that. No, but more more is better is also an expense, right? Exactly, yeah. and and that's not a that's not necessarily an expense that you want to have. Right, no farmer but, wants to spend more than they have to to grow the, grow right, the crops. Right, right, and 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 that's where the beauty of being able to target this has come right. in, especially with GPS mapping is now that they're looking at fields and they're not, they're not thinking great. And I have to, you know, spray this whole, you know, this quarter section Mm -hmm. of land, the entire thing they're going, Oh, cool. Out of this quarter section, there's maybe about 20 acres here and, and, you know, five acres here that I have to spray. Right. But even if, and so, even if the, the entire acre needs to be sprayed, they don't have to overdo it. The, there's a point exactly. where it works and then breaks down and works correctly. And then any more than that is kind of overkill. And you're just kind of, it's like when you pump, you're, when you're you, wasting money, when you fill your tank, but then money. you keep like squeezing the handle to get one more penny. That's not actually giving you more gas. It's just going back into the pump. And it's the same thing. You don't want to, you don't want to use more because you don't want to spend more. And that's and 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 farmers are figuring that out. Yeah. You know, it's just that with 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 the new technology, it's actually become easier because it used to be that, you know, you either you either had to spray the whole field or you had to try and target how you were spraying your field. But then you were also running the risk of, you know, what if I'm actually not treating what I need to be treated? Yeah. So, well, crop science, agricultural science. <laughs> farming is work Aww. it's a lot of work it's hard work right but but in the end you know 
like as as farmers figure out as farmers switch to newer methodologies that you know minimize soil disruption that minimize the need for you know treating you know various weeds that try to set foot yeah. you know the fewer weeds you have to spray the less likely you are to have to deal with uh super weeds that come up that are resistant to the chemical that you're putting down right and so and the less chemical you have to put down the less likely it is to get absorbed into your food and the less likely it is that you're going to test for glyphosate in your pee mm. right so but does that even matter if glyphosate is in my pee and it's breaking down anyway does it really matter it's just such an interesting thing to pay attention to well, and that's, and that's where it's, you know, that's one of those ones where we just have to do the, t we'd have to do the science. on, uh -huh. And so, and so you run that, that's, it's sort of get back to where we were is 2,500 a decent sample. It's a decent enough sample to say, Hey, we need to look into this a right, little bit more right? and find out, you know, a lot of places they want like a 1% or a half percent, you know, it just depends on how much, I mean, even at 1%, you're looking at, you know, 3 million samples. That's a lot of pee. That's a lot of pee. And they, like I said, they can just add it to your blood work and urine samples when you go to your doctor every six months a year, whatever. So. Well, the thing about, so the thing about tests like this is, is that because this isn't a panel, a medically necessary panel at this point, uh, you run into privacy issues. Okay. So it's something where people are volunteering to come in and give samples to find out uh, if this is actually an issue for them. I'm going to go get my so, sample in like a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, you're just not supposed to sit there and practice your five-knuckle shuffle when you give that sample. Yeah, I know, I know. Contam <laughs> contamination of some... Yeah. <laughs> All right, I just... Thank you, because uh, they, there's these... Uh, there's There's headlines that are like freak out and then there's so I, I appreciate that both of those both of those topics to wrap up on all of that was freak out and maybe you don't have to you know what i mean like well that's but that's but going back to the whole issue of going back to the whole issue of media once again is is that if the freak out is meant to sell eyeballs right i'm not saying that there isn't there isn't a reason to freak out i'm not saying there is a reason to freak out right it's it's scientifically it's it's one of those things that i still consider an unknown mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean that you should throw caution to the wind or you know abandon abandon all hope ye who enter right you know it's 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 <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like there you know approach everything with skepticism you know if you're going to use roundup at home maybe take some precautions to cover your skin wear a mask wear some goggles mm -hmm. to make sure that you're not getting it into you know soft tissue areas mm -hmm. those are great those are great things that you can do to help protect yourself Re you know read the label and see what they suggest as a means of reducing your risk of exposure because it's it's a chemical it's exactly what it is mm -hmm. and the less likely you are to expose yourself the less likely you are to encounter issues yep. now if you're over there fucking huffing roundup that's your own goddamn problem <laughs> yeah but you know it's it's one of those things where every every piece of this along the way there is responsibility that has to be taken you know the individual user at home has to take the responsibility of making sure they use the product properly that they're taking the proper precautions and in, in wearing protective gear that they're spraying at the right times you know don't be out there spraying when it's windy you need calm days so that way you're not it's it's not that the the spray isn't effective when it's windy 
They're telling you not to spray when it's windy because you don't want to be getting spray in your fucking eyes. That's, you know, you don't want to have that kind of drift. In the farming applications, they tell you not to they tell you not to spray when it's windy because you get chemical drift. And that spray drift will drift onto areas that you aren't necessarily wanting to spray. It's a waste of money. Yeah, so you know, in the farming side, you know, they got, you know, the farmer has to read the labels. They have to wear the appropriate protective gear. They're the ones that are responsible for mapping out what it is that they need, where they need to spray, how much they need to spray. They're responsible. They're responsible for making sure that they're following the label as directed. And then you get back to the companies and, and it's on the companies to make sure that if they need to update what the protective requirements are, that they're doing that. Yeah. That if there is a health concern, that they need to be looking into it and addressing it and involving whoever appropriate to make sure that any health and safety concerns are being addressed properly. Yeah. You know, I love it. the idea that, you know, I personally struggle with the idea of, hey, this is all fine. But at the same time, I'm also not panicked by it either. Okay. Because like I said, supposed to be inert in 48 hours and until somebody says otherwise i'm going to say yeah it should probably inert be inert in 48 hours but if it's not actually inert like if you could ground up cheerios and spread it over your yard and it kills your yard <laughs> that's a fucking problem yes how, do, so, how would it affect so, animals though like the same thing right like we're not same. sure it would yet. be the same issue okay. you know it'd be the same issues so you know like anything else goes like there are precautions that every there that have to be taken every step along the way. Yeah. There are questions that have to be answered always. Mm -hmm. And what it boils down to is wear proper equipment, use according to label, and don't be a fucking idiot about right. it. You know, there's a lot of that. And also, you know, if you have health and safety concerns, either A, yeah. don't use it. If you're at risk you don't use it <laughs> yeah don't use it or b avoid it you know you know if you know there are places out there that are testing food if you feel like you know you need to further avoid it because you know maybe you're immunocompromised or, mm -hmm. or any number of different issues great take you know do what you got to do to protect you in the meantime, I fully expect that there are going to be tests done to figure out if this is affecting people. And and that's where, as a scientist, I have to say, I don't know. Like, it doesn't look good necessarily to me, but at the same time, the answer is, is I don't know. It, you know, it could essentially just be another salt. And, you know, maybe you're the kind of person where, you know, having another salt in your food isn't necessarily a great thing because right. that's what ends up a lot of these, a lot of these chemicals break down into salts. And so it might not necessarily be good for you, but might not necessarily be what's causing, you know, the cancer right. or it could be, it's hard cancers. to say yeah, that's, because there is, that's the point I want because there to is make. no definitive answer. Uh, the Monsanto's and bear and the EPA, they say it's not a carcinogen. And a carcinogen is something that causes cancer. So correct. And also, I Which, wanted to say that Roundup also does not cure COVID. God damn it! No. <laughs> so don't use it for Look, that. Look, if you, yeah, if you think it cures COVID, well, I, I mean, you'll you'll definitely be taking Roundup for your, the rest of your life. Yeah. 
however short that will be. Uh, and I, great news. We're going to have Dan on next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but there's new variants of COVID out there in monkeypox. So I'm excited ooh, to talk to monkey him about pox. that. You know what I mean? That's going to be a tough one. Is it? There's, there's a, well, anyway, there's only well, a few cases, but we're going to... There's gonna... only a few cases, but the way that it's spreading, unfortunately, is... is yeah. uh, been been highly uh publicized in the media and yeah. i am very concerned about their their uh discussion on the methodology okay i'm kind of I'm and I'm, kinda, look, I'm looking forward to dan's perspective on that i'm kind of interested in the perspective of um people that are contracting it they're saying that gay men are contracting it more and i'm kind of so i want to know more about that's well that's and this. that's what i'm concerned about is because that's they pretty much go they the every media source that i have seen talk about it go it's praying primarily spread among exactly, gay men exactly right but everybody can get it through close contact like they're yeah. leaving out the close con like it, it it concerns me because it's it's the messaging is very similar to what hiv was uh-huh yeah and, and 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 i don't like that like if if it is primarily being spread through sex then you just need to say that because guess what people have sex and it, you know that's that's what happened if that's what that's the right. answer is that's what the answer is don't just sit down and go it's just gay men because guess what there's probably some bi men out there mm-hmm. And straight people. or you know there's there's straight people poly people there you know it's 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 this isn't it's the messaging is bad the yeah. messaging is bad and i don't like right it. i i i wanted I, I expected it to be called michael pox when it hit the usa oh god public access america it's always funny because like Especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. <laughs> I think political philosophy is a lot like religion, and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main, the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well, we've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. You can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making. But I do, I do have an interesting question for you. I don't. Ooh, this is I like a, it's kind of hard segue here. Is, is porn the reason for these people shooting in mass? <laughs> Are are video games the reason that uh, shooters, young men, eighteen to twenty one, are killing in mass? And is cannabis or the final one, women, to blame? I think everybody just needs to beat it and go to bed. Yeah, I think so too. Starting with Tucker Jesus. Carlson and Laura Ingram, because that's where these, these things come from. Ugh. I think porn keeps a kid in his house. It doesn't make him leave. I think cannabis makes a kid stay in his house. It doesn't make him leave. But now Tucker Carlson is saying that it's angry women that are pushing men to this. Entitled women that are. Oh, that are fuck off. No, no, no. 
All right. Once again, yeah. for the people in the back. We never, we never discussed Highland Park, did we? No, we haven't had the chance and to I've, discuss I'm Highland. actually from a suburb that's near there. You know what I mean? So. Okay. Well, well, yeah, Highland Park took place the day after we last talked. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about once again porn. How yes, okay. let's talk about porn. Awesome. I'd rather talk about porn, but well, I don't want to uh, I don't want to lead anybody to go mass shoot somewhere, so maybe we shouldn't talk about porn. Look, the only mass shooting you're doing when you're talking about porn involves jerking oh, it until you blow a load. Right. Um so mass shooting. I'll mass shoot all over your face, baby. <laughs> God, Jesus fucking Christ. But now we have a title for the episode. You know, we got to do no, that. Oh, God. <laughs> Dear FBI handler, I hope you're crying as you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so, once again, everybody wants someone, something to blame yeah. for not being involved in their kids' lives or, you know, any number of different things. Is it Rob Halford or Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> it's in my gener you know from the time i was little mm -hmm. i've had heavy metal i've had rap music i have had violent video games i've yeah. had violence on tv i have had violent cartoons i have had all of these different things be blamed as the reason why kids are doing X. yeah and you want to know what here's my question Who's letting the kids have this stuff? Wait, the cannabis, the porn, or the guns? All of it. All of it. Who, who, who's letting the kids have access to? This oh stuff? man, but you know it's all over the place. It's Wait, in public but, and but everywhere. You mean you mean parental involvement has to be a thing? I tried nothing, and I'm all out of options. You have to fix. It I mean, for that's me. pretty much most parents. That's pretty much that's pretty much parents like this. Mm -hmm. Well, my kid would never do anything like this. Are you involved in your kid's life? Well, no. Mm, right. Well, fuck. Surprise or not. Right. So here's, you know, here's, there's a, there's a great report out there about where some of these mass shooters are, are living essentially online. And they're spending the time in these forums where, you know, essentially like you have all of these things that are, you know, quote unquote jokes mm -hmm. that basically they just, you know, they live off of this kind of attention you know, like in the case of this park, you know, this Highland Park shooter, he was talking to some kid in Germany who was just like, oh, fucking do it. You know, all this other bullshit. Like, so yeah. it's an echo. And then on top of that, right. you, yeah, there are these echo chambers where people like this are living and spending time on the internet. And yeah. it's like anything else. At a certain point, you're always desensitized to certain things. And if you feel like you're in a marginalized community, there's a mental health aspect of this that absolutely plays into this. And these people think they are marginalized. Nobody, no women like them. Everybody, you know, everybody does X, Y, and Z, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. Like, don't get me wrong. Bullying is absolutely a problem. But at the same time, too, mental health is really an issue here. Like, <sighs> it doesn't really matter what the weapon is, is, is that if somebody decides that they want to kill a bunch of people, they're going to figure out the way to do it. Oh yeah. You know, you, know, you look at, you know, you know, look at, uh, for example, the Zarnet brothers. But why is this the idea? Why is it so much that Highland park, wait, Highland park was on what a Monday. 
the, the 4th yeah, of July, July 4th. by Tuesday, we were from 309 mass shootings to 315. Like, why is this the idea? I feel like there's a theory out there and they want to test their theory, but it's a bad theory. It's a ban in theory. You so, know what I mean? So let's talk about mass shootings because this is one of those things that as a gun owner, I have a problem with the way that mass shootings are defined because or, there's a technical definition that is being used and that is any shooting where four or more people are injured slash killed. Okay. So Highland Park is what I would consider a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hell, 49 people one injured. Person, one person going out with a gun, shooting to kill, wound as many people as possible. Yeah. Las Vegas, for example, another example of a mass mm -hmm. shooting. Rob Elementary, another example of a mass shooting. Yeah. The problem is, is that inside of all of these numbers is, is that you have various different numbers that are also, I would say, confounding the variable. So for example, if two gangs decide to go at it with each other and they shoot at each other, and let's say, you know, you got five right. people with five guns and four people get shot and injured or slash killed, that's technically a mass shooting, mm -hmm. but we're not, you know, we don't think of that in the same way as, you know, somebody who walked into an elementary school or into a public place or into but a grocery the same store. stats, but it's the same stat. Or let's say that there's a, a shooting that involves the police. You know, you got, you know, somebody who wounded four police officers and then the suspect himself was killed. Technically that's a mass shooting, mm -hmm. which happened in Philadelphia on the 4th of July. Exactly. That's technically a mass shooting, but you got one person against four cops. Like I wouldn't necessarily like see when I, where I'm going there. This is like a suicide by cop individual. And he, you know, yeah. was, you know, maybe it's a mass shooting because maybe his goal was to take out a bunch of cops, but it didn't sound like it. It sounded like it was more of an attempt to be suicide by cop. Mm. So you have a number of confounding variables. It, you know, they, they use the same thing with gun violence, you know, Look at Montana, for example. Montana, they say, is one of the most concerning states for gun violence. 84% of gun deaths in Montana are suicides. Like, I don't, wouldn't consider that gun violence. I saw the map of mass shootings. It's not in the very center of the United States. It's, nope, it's just it's not, not in that area. There was no markers there. They're all nope. around in, Cal I mean, from California, Illinois, Maine, like... Major Florida, cities. Like, all, yeah, around, but not Montana. Major cities. Not like that. No. No, there's not. And and what it boils down to is, is, you know, there's a lot of different issues as to why you can sit down and say that. I grew up with guns. You know, you mm -hmm. grow up with them. You grow up with a healthy respect for them. Like, for fuck's sake, I had to have a school assembly one year where the superintendent of the school is like, listen, you dumb fucks, you can't be parking on school property with your guns in the gun rack of your pickup. Right. We're like, who the fuck cares? Like, Okay, where are we supposed to park? Just right across the street, not on school property. So it's like, so you want me to move my truck 10 feet? You know what? Fuck it. Okay, I'll move my truck 10 feet. So hunting season would roll around. All the trucks would be parked literally right across the school. You could literally just walk an extra two seconds to your truck. Yeah. But the thing is, is that everybody who grew up around that, like that wasn't an option. Like that wasn't a thing that any of us thought about. Like some of us were hunting on the way into school. Most of us were hunting on the way back home. Mm -hmm. Like that was just what it was, you know, Why is it there were times where I absolutely, that's my point. The thing is, is that like anything else, there, there's a level of involvement that you have to have 
have. There's a level of education that you have to have. I grew up hunting. I grew up around weapons. I grew up with this kind of stuff. Like this, you know, and a lot of us did, and we didn't have these issues in Montana. Why? Because we grew up with it. They weren't taboo. It wasn't this, you know, Ooh, I'm going to go out and act like I'm playing GTA right? or, Ooh, you know, I'm going to, you know, play call of duty, but IRL, you grew up with a healthy respect for firearms. And that's not to say that this is a video game issue either. Most of these kids exposures to firearms are in movies and video games. Mm -hmm. And so they haven't grown up around actual firearms. They haven't grown up with parents who know how to use firearms or have trained them on how to use firearms. You know, the act of going out and shooting has always been taboo or at least inaccessible. And so if you don't grow up around it, you don't grow up with that. Yeah. Virtual. If you don't grow up around this stuff and you don't grow up with the respect for it, there is an element of, you know, this becomes an option. I hate to say it, but you know, a lot of these, a lot of the times, these are kids that are just like first time gun owners. Yeah. No, you know, I think you look that's at, true. You look at, you look at what happened in Uvalde and the kid literally had just bought two brand new assault rifles. This guy had just purchased one from his dad. Like, that's the problem is, is that, you know, they're not necessarily growing up around this. It's stuff. a kid with a new toy. Exactly. Or you get in the case of certain people, like they just fucking snap, you know, and that happens, but well, they snapped and they finally found something that can help them with that. It, or so they think they're a broken person that finds a gun in their possession and but says, well, I'll use this, the, but that's the same person that would find an ax in the garage and go, I hate you, mom. Right. But, and so then once again, you get back to the issue of mental health Mm. because people who have grown up around this stuff don't see this as an option. It's why Montana's, you know, when it comes to suicide, firearms are the number one issue. And people sit there and talk about gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. They point to Montana. It's like, I wouldn't call suicide gun violence. Like, Mm. don't get me wrong. It's a death by a firearm, but it's not, you know, when I think of violence, I think of something that's directed at somebody else. Oh, agreed. I'm not going to judge know, somebody a, that goes through suicide. The church has done that in such a way that I just will never right. do it. So, so then the question is, is, is that, you know, uh, you know, is the metric correct? Is, you know, and that's where this gets really tough because, mm-hmm. you know, I actually had a great conversation with somebody about why you don't, why we don't call mass shooters domestic terrorists. And, you know, from a law enforcement perspective, what he said was, is that, in terms of legality, it opens up a lot of fucking floodgates that most people don't think about because now you've got, you know, the, the government's alphabet mafia coming in to investigate essentially the police department, investigate how they're handling all this stuff there, you know, you, you know, and you've got a bunch of people who are literally getting butthurt. It's like, well, you know, this is my own territory. I can investigate this, but now you have the feds coming in and complicating their own matters mm-hmm. in that regard. And so, like, I understand that. I don't like and the so, surveillance aspect that this allows for. You know what I mean? Well, and 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 here's where this gets really fun is you've got places like New York, as part of their new permitting process, you literally have to hand over the keys to your social media accounts. You have to you have to list them. Right. And so, you know, that's a shame. But that's that's a grand question, though. You know, this is kind of one of those things where it's like. 
this is a real struggle because you have the, you know, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? You know, when you're wanting to make sure that you have somebody not getting a gun that shouldn't have a gun, you do want to find out all the avenues that they may or may not be pursuing in order to get a gun or what influences might be had upon them when sure. they're looking to purchase a firearm. I've had, I've had guns since I was like fucking seven years old. I started, you know, I started my time around guns when I was three, apparently. Seven. Who was president when you were seven? Ray, uh, no, that would have been H.W. Oh, so so your parents said, we'll just have H.W. raise him from afar instead of like, no, of course not. And I think that's the problem is people people want Joe Biden to babysit their kids with laws. When they just well, need to like pay attention to their kids. And I think it's a real issue that they want the government to do things for them and protect them, but then also stay out of their lives and, and fuck off. You know what I mean? So, so for me, like the biggest issue, as I've said multiple times, is, is that, you know, when it came to studying gun violence, the problem was going to be one of two things, you know, it was either going to be a gun problem or it was going to be a mental health problem. And overwhelmingly, like when you talk to any rational gun owner who has spent years upon years with firearms, they're going to say, yeah, anybody who thinks that they want to take one of these and go kill a bunch of people obviously has mental health issues that need to be addressed. But when you cut mental health funding, when you remove mental health funding, when you, you know, villainize mental health, that doesn't lead to people going and saying, look, I think I have a problem that I want to get fixed. Mm. They feel like they're a fucking pariah of society. And if they feel like that and society treats them like that, they eventually say, you know what? Fuck it. I guess this is what I am. Totally. And agree. they snap. I totally agree. But so you're not going to tell have... me that if you're not going to regulate yourself, that I'm not going to blame the gun. A well-regulated militia is a militia that regulates reg well. And that's not being done. One of your members... Absolutely. The well-regulated militia went on a roof and started shooting people. And if you're not going to regulate yourself, somebody's going to regulate you. And, and I'm sorry about that, but I'm well, going to blame the gun the in real that answer. extent because nobody else is. Well, and that's, and that's where the problem, well, and here's the thing is, is that, you know, there are multiple problems that have happened that have shown this to be the case. You got the kid in Michigan where the parents went out and bought him a gun. Yeah. You got the Highland Park shooter who went out and bought a you know who had his dad sign on a gun you got uvalde texas kid literally went out and bought two brand new what i would consider very bougie guns yeah. oh yeah and you know the problem is, is is that the system failed to regulate absolutely but the mental health system also was not present oh, not, um, not nearly available enough. agreed and so what it boiled down to what it has constantly boiled down to and what i feel like has not necessarily been addressed until you know potentially recently you know with the signing of the new the the new gun laws that got put in where you've got red flag laws where you've got you know money to be put in <laughs> money right. that are being put in place to fund there wasn't health. red flag laws put in there was incentives to have states do it well and that's the and that's the biggest that's one of the biggest. let's issues. give the people that that are for gun violence more money and hope they use it in the right way you know like that's what to me 
it's there's federal there's federal funding put in there's federal funding that's going to be available for states that will put in red flag laws so basically yeah. what it's saying is look if you know if you really truly believe that you want to stop a bad guy from getting a gun you have to do the things that you know would stop a bad guy from getting a gun legally and if you want to put those systems in place there is money available for you to do it right but if you don't well sorry you, the the residents of texas are just going to keep getting shot well, and then, and then in that case, you know, that's where, unfortunately, the residents of Texas are going to have to sit down and say, look, enough's a fucking enough. I agree. Somebody and, has to regulate these people. If it's a well-regulated militia and the government isn't allowed to do it and the citizens aren't allowed to do it and the gun owners aren't allowed to do it and the parents aren't allowed to do it, who the fuck is going to do it? Because I'm really well, tired of people dying. The thing is. The thing is, is that whose responsibility if feds, is it? If the feds aren't allowed to do it, then it becomes it it becomes incumbent upon the state to do it. Right. And if the state's not going to do it, then literally what it boils down to at that point, and this has been argued, and I think it's not necessarily the greatest argument, is is that you know people who sell guns, the gun shops, they're the ones that are going to have to sit down and go, mm, I don't feel like you should be getting a gun. I'm not going to sell you the gun. I, I agree and with I think that. That's, that's what I brought I up think a couple is, weeks ago. I think that is. I think, that, and I've heard multiple people say that too. And, and I think that there is absolutely an element to that, but here's the thing is if, is if one gun shop says, you know what? I think that there's a problem with you buying a gun. There's no place currently for him to go. You know what? If I don't think you should be getting a gun, I should be making sure all these other gun shops know that I don't think you should be getting a gun. That's a good. And point. that's where these red flag laws come into play because now it's a state system, and that state system should interact with a national system that says, "Hey, look, you know, this person wanted to buy a gun, and I have turned them away because I have safety concerns for this individual right. slash the community at large." That has to happen. You know, I I want you know people to be able to go out and purchase firearms as they want. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is, is that the whole argument of, well, it's never going to stop mass shootings is true, but it can make them a lot harder. I agree. You know, yeah. in that realm, in that realm, or it can just, because now you have to, moment. now you, well, in, in here's the thing, now you have to figure out how are you going to get a gun underground in a day where, you know, I would argue that the surveillance state is a lot heavier. Oh yeah. And so, so more often than not, these morons are going to run into undercover cops. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. But it can, and I'm good with a, that too. But you got to have the systems in place in order to stop the legal aspect. But a gun shop owner saying no might stop a shooting, right? Because Maybe. that kid is Absolutely. having a bad day, and then if his parents recognize, if he, if the gun owner, the gun shop owner just says, "Hey, your your 18 year old kid is here to pick up a gun. I know it's legal, but he's." showing weird signs then that can go somewhere you know what i mean well, the pro well that's well that's the problem though is is that if it's an 18 year old like legally the parents don't have to be involved in which case that's where the red flag then we should change in. that in the state and the state says you know what hey you know this guy's in here to buy a gun and i don't think they should have a gun state i need you to step in and take a look that's at fine that's fine but parents have and, to have a role in this somewhere and even well, if that's going to your gun shops and saying hi i just want you to use discretion please you know what i mean well and that's i think and that's and that's where this this really tough aspect of you know we talk a lot about how kids are still kids up until like the age of 25. Right. You know, at 18, they're legal, but at 
you know, for example, you can't rent a car until you're 25 or something like right, that. Right, but you can go to or you can't you can't at buy 18, so why can't you have a gun and smoke at 18? Can't, you know what? Can't buy booze, can't buy smokes at 18, Change but it. you can buy it at 21. So, and, and realistically, what you know, if if the question is is that you know somebody is not mentally formed enough, or whatever your argument is at eighteen and that is twenty one, then it sounds like something needs to change. Something has to change, honestly. And nobody's, everybody wants to shout at Joe Biden to fix it. Everybody wants to shout at Mitch McConnell for fixing it. And they, what they're doing is they're walking right past some obvious solutions of community just to complain nationally and joe biden isn't your dad he's not the police he's not the boss he's just a president we don't want to give him an outsized role we don't want to give the president an outsized role in our community he's there to execute national directives from congress right the people say we want this senate says this is how we're going to do it gives it to the president he executes it i don't want the president coming up willy-nilly with ways to solve problems i didn't want it in trump i don't want it in biden but i want people to understand it's them you're babysitting your own kid i'm not Right. And, 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 and there's been some really interesting discussions out there that, you know, some people are going to love, some people are going to hate. Like, for example, you know, uh, you can't buy semi-automatics until you're at least 21 years of age. Like you can buy pump action, you could buy, you know, single shot, you know, you mm-hmm. can buy bolt action, breakaway lever action. Sure. There's, there's discussions out there in a lot of different realms about, you know, maybe the issue is, is that. How many kids does that hurt by the way? Like, that are just Which, good, good kids that wanted to upgrade with their dad, you know, or their family. And now they can't get a gun till 21 just because of the bad apples. But if you're not going to regulate yourself and your friends, that's, <laughs> so I mean, that's people, the real answer. So, so many people said, yeah, I thought he would be the one that would kill people. Why didn't you say something? Because now you're going to lose your rights. You know, there wasn't that's, there that's wasn't always, always an case. age to smoke. You could smoke at any age up to a certain point, and then people were like, "Kids are really abusing this shit. We need to fix this." You know, right? It's yeah. It's it's always really tough in that realm yeah. because you know we everybody like I said everybody wants somebody else to fix their problems. Mm-hmm. Often, but they don't necessarily want to admit when they've fallen short on their own. Right. So. I mean, how hard is it when your kid walks in? How is school? Good. Do you own a gun? No. Okay. Bye. You know, <laughs> if you, right. if you, it's your kid. I'm, I'm saying there's different aspects. There's, there's good kids out there that are going to be punished, but we got to do something. And I don't want it to be national and permanent. I'd rather it was local and common sense so that when, things went back to normal we could start going back to normal and having good well, kids upgrade their education you know I, this well, this is a problem and that's for where me. this has been the, and that's where there's you know there's a lot of common sense gun owners out there that are like yeah you know i had a conversation with my dad my dad was like i don't understand why they don't make everybody go through a background check no matter what right that's, should be common fucking sense it's like if if somebody is if somebody has been a you know a fucking convict mm-hmm. they shouldn't be able to just go buy a gun somewhere right illegally like you know there's there's that aspect for me it's the you know you can't sit down and talk about stopping a bad guy with a gun if part of the equation doesn't involve stopping the bad guy from getting a gun legally right like because you're because i mean realistically there's always going to be illegal ways to get a gun mm-hmm. you know how here in washington there's 
you know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of busts lately where they're finding stolen firearms. You know, Mm. that's, that's what happens. People steal shit. Yeah. It's also why you should keep your shit locked up. Number one, prime minister of Japan got shot by a homemade gun. And that's the thing is like, most people don't realize what it takes to make a homemade firearm isn't really a lot like it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to work well enough for the whatever it is that you plan to do right. and man i looked at that fucking rigged Did up you? shotgun that the guy made wow like that thing i'm surprised that thing held <laughs> number two i'm surprised it didn't blow him was up. it a 3d printer number, no, no no i mean this thing was literally like fucking pipes and you know loosey goosey mechanisms wow, but he only and needed fucking black one, right? electrical tape but that's the thing is like it was the double barreled homemade shotgun it literally ne- only needed and i was having this discussion with somebody else when you think about firearms black powder was a pretty primitive process in shooting a bullet mm. you know ram a bunch of powder down yeah. pack it in there take a wad pack it in there right. take your little ball or you know your <laughs> shot pack it in there have a flame on the outside it used to be that you know you had to shoulder this thing and then you had like an actual handheld thing that you would then touch off to the powder chamber to cause that to explode right like black powder is still you know readily available and Mm -hmm. people go black powder hunting all the time it's still a very lethal option you can still make a homemade gun with black powder. It's real easy. Right. Like, cause, cause the thing is, is that you're not looking for accuracy. You're looking for a projectile to leave at a high velocity. Yeah. And so like making a homemade gun isn't, uh, is an issue. Like it's actually very simple to do now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go to my local hardware store and buy a fucking pipe because guess what? I don't know what the tensile strength of that pipe is. And last thing I need is that thing fucking grenading on me. <laughs> Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, realistically, I'm surprised that the homemade gun that that guy made in Japan didn't fucking grenade on him. Like, I really sat there and I was like, holy shit, that thing looks like it should have blown up on him. But it didn't. Right. And that's the thing is that most of the people that, you know, bubba some of this shit, Mm -hmm. like, it is absolutely fucking wild that it even works to begin with. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, highly doubt like in a place like japan that this dude had any time to take this thing out and test it to see if it worked right because they only have like three shootings a year so the idea that this thing even had yeah so the the idea that this dude literally took this thing out to even test it is wild to me yeah like, I don't even think that that happened. So I'm, like I said, I am honestly surprised this thing didn't grenade on him and kill him. Yeah. But I think and con- and that's- Congress has a certain role. Senate has a certain role. And Joe Biden has a certain role. We have to stop yelling at Joe Biden about this stuff. And we have to stop yelling at Donald Trump or whoever the next, or whoever the other party is when they're in charge. We, we got to right. start doing as much as we can for ourselves. And like the community in Montana isn't the same as the community in Orlando or in Dallas and, or in Colorado. Right. And I think that there's a difference. Like when, right. when COVID got bad, we went to masking in areas, not everywhere. Right. Not, but right. where in the hot spots. if there's gun violence, we need to protect ourselves in the hot spots. And right. 
we need to react to it in that way, not nationally. Joe Biden, he's dealing with Ukraine. Does he care about gun violence? Yes. But do we need him to tell us, to guilt us, to fucking come out and just fucking patronize us? No, he can't do anything. And if he tells you he can, he's lying. He he and, covered ghost guns. But wouldn't you have rather that the fucking House and Senate covered ghost guns instead of the president with an executive order that can be removed? You know, stop yeah. asking Biden. And that's, and, that's, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, enough people made enough noise that you actually had enough Republicans sign on to, you know, take on gun violence for kind the first of, time in 30 years. Kind of. I mean, that's, but that's the thing though, is, is that, it, you know, as, as divided as the Senate is, they managed to get what, 64, 65 votes mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. And I, I admire John Corcoran from, he's a Senator Corcoran. from, te- from Texas. Yep. And I, yeah, Corin, Corn. anyway, Cornyn. because when, when Biden went there, he met with him. He shook his hand and he was gracious, you know? And I was like, I like him. And he's, he's been on the fringe of radical, but he's more sane than not. He's still a fucking super conservative that I don't agree with. But if you're going to be respectful, then I can get on board with you. I don't like Ted well, Cruz because he's a douchebag and disrespectful, you know? <laughs> he is. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, I, I this was the best of the both worlds that the democrats were going to it was a good start that they were and then and that's the thing is is that what i think what it has encouraged is what i hope you know florida actually has a fairly decent red flag law Mm -hmm. and my hope is is that conservative states will take that into account and start to implement stuff like that i hope that liberal states will take something like florida's lead red flag law and implement something like that because realistically speaking like what i want is i want places to make it hard to legally get a gun in certain aspects like me too like if if somebody has been investigated convicted of dv i don't want them having a gun agreed i don't if somebody has, you know, been convicted of violent crimes, I don't want them having a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, until your until your constitutional rights are restored and you've shown that you've paid your debt to society, like you have to. I, I don't want certain people having access to firearms, and that's that's you know illegal access to firearms, any access to firearms. Realistically, I, I like but, I like Highland Park's ban locally because they say you can't have that. You can't just carry a long gun around here. Like, but you can't say that in Montana, like you said, like, and I said that in Dallas, like you don't need to carry a long gun in, in like an urban setting. Like, and I don't, people are like, you can kill people with that, with a long gun or a short gun. Yes, I know. But if you eliminate the ability to carry it in heavy populated areas, you're going to reduce the deaths, obviously, you know, and here's. (laughs) I mean, the, the realistic part about carrying any type of gun, whether it's a pistol or a long gun, is about knowing the application of the gun. If you have a long gun, those are meant for reaching out distances. The mm-hmm. bullets, they depending on the what you're using, they're meant to go through multiple targets. Right. And that's the thing. If pistols, that's not necessarily. Is an AR-15 considered a long gun? 
It is considered yeah, see, a long gun. I don't... Anything with a barrel longer than 16 inches is considered a long okay, gun. Then my point stands. You just you just don't need it. You don't need to... Like, you can't go into a bar in Dallas with your AR-15, obviously, right? You can't right. go into Chicago and walk around with an AR-15. You can't go to Washington, D.C. and walk around with an AR-15. Like, if we could just say, no, you can still conceal carry, but, you know, like... Well, it goes back to one of the four rules of, of firearms, know your target and beyond. And the thing about knowing your target and beyond is knowing what your projectile is capable of. Mm -hmm. And so with a long gun, I don't have a reasonable expectation. Let's say even in my own house, if there was an intruder, right? if I fired a shot with, you know, my AR, that it's not going to go through a wall. It absolutely will. And I don't know what is beyond that wall. Right. Like I could have a dog in there. I could have another person could in be there. Brianna I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it'll go through the wall in my neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. But with a pistol cartridge, it doesn't have nearly as much energy. It doesn't go nearly as far. I have a reasonable expectation that yes, it might punch through a wall, but it's going to lose a significant amount of velocity due to the amount of energy that that cartridge has. And that's yeah. the thing. In in open spaces. I fully expect that, you know, if I'm yes. in, in a short, if it's a short engagement pistol, long engagement rifle, but in closed spaces, it doesn't make any sense because number one, I mean, you've got the mechanics of taking whatever your mm-hmm. rifle is and moving it around in a short space. Pistols are far more easily adaptable to short spaces. But number two, like even if, you know, you're looking for rooftop shooters, the idea that you're going to be carrying around an AR to react to that situation is number right. one. I mean, it's there it is. I mean, I, I would have said I would have said that it was impossible, but that's obviously not true. a good guy with but, a gun wants the right tool for the job. Right. And that's the answer. The right tool for the job changes based on what the threat is. Yeah. The thing is, is that most people don't just carry around their toolbox. You carry around the tool that you're most likely to use. Mm -hmm. And if you need a different tool, you have those available to you. That's my point. Yeah. By situation, right? If you're going to Walmart and you're worried that there might be a shooter and you want to be the good guy with a gun, you don't bring your AR-15. Right, you're you're more likely going to end up shooting through aisles, and you're more right. likely going to shoot right. somebody. So. And and that actually that actually came up um, in a police shooting last year, I believe, where somebody you know had a gun yeah. in a Target or something like that. And that's how Brianna the cops Taylor came died. in. The cops came in uh, with their ARs, and they shot the suspect, yeah. but the bullets went through and also killed like a girl that was in a dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's just that whole you know your target and beyond. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the end beyond is something that doesn't necessarily get thought about as much as it should be. Yeah. The the end beyond is, you know, you know, like for example, all of those kids that were in Ubaldi, mm-hmm. you know, in that room. Realistically, and then this is something that they've I think they've come out and said is is that there were enough pistols there that they could have taken out the suspect. They could have. Yeah. But waiting for rifles, like you legitimately, like for a period of time, didn't know what was beyond that wall. That could have been more kids. Yeah. So not exactly a brilliant strategy. No, no, Uvalde was not brilliant. And I feel, well, I and, feel and, for those and people. that is, well, and, and you've got the Department of Public Safety down there that are just hammering on the police department, the police chief, you know, who, you know, said who's now saying that he wasn't the scene commander and all this other stuff 
like that was that was the classic definition of a clusterfuck right i got you it just i want people to understand that carrying an ar-15 down down fifth avenue should be a weird look it just should be right it shouldn't be normalized well but i don't want to take me, away from a gun owner that has a pistol on its side concealed carry because that's also fine too and also if you're going hunting you know what looks really weird pulling out your fucking glock nine millimeter to shoot a deer it just does <laughs> well i mean it might look weird but as as somebody who's had to carry a sidearm for to finish you know, it off just right to finish it up or you know you run into things like badgers or, right or snakes or whatever right but you're not you. sitting in a in a blind with a fucking nine millimeter waiting for a deer to come by if you without if, fucking pistol <laughs> if you saw a guy doing that you'd be like you're an amateur and you're gonna hurt somebody same thing in the city if you're carrying a gun that shoots deer and you're walking around you think to yourself are you hunting like we, it's a weird yeah i get it it's a weird look it's a weird and, look. and i think <laughs> It's a weird look. And, and, and as somebody who comes from Montana, yeah. you know, where, where I grew up hunting, it's a weird look, you know, it wasn't uncommon to see your, you know, somebody sitting, having their, their gun sitting in a gun rack in their truck. That was normal. Right. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't weird. Like that was common. Right. Like, you know, but out here that probably, you know, if you're in Seattle, that would look weird. Yeah. If I, and that's the difference. If I have an it's, RV it's, and I go to Yellowstone Park, I blend in. But if I have an RV and I'm trying to go on Lower Wacker in Chicago, weird luck. <laughs> so you know, it's it's one of those things where I understand yeah. what I understand why people want to be able to display their firearms. It's mm-hmm. just not what I was taught. Right. It's like you know, you have them for if you need them your display of firearms like it, we never considered a you know our, our rifle sitting in our gun rack in our truck as displaying because everybody it was literally them. like everybody had them and it had a purpose and that purpose was i'm going hunting after school right. i'm gonna see if i can get my deer and there wasn't like the the cool kids that had the ultra cool guns there's the gun is the gun oh, you're all using the same guns you know some of it, you know, you had some kids that, you know, the, the cool part was, is like, they got an expensive scope on their right. gun. Like, oh, you son of a bitch. That's a nice scope. Or, you know, it was never, you know, all, all of us hunted with fucking bolt actions for the most part. And a couple kids that hunted I with like semi-automatics. That. I would love a I, bolt. I, I, for the longest time, hunted with a fucking lever action. Yeah, my dad taught me on bow and arrow, so... Right. I got, I had friends that were archery uh-huh. hunters and they always had bows and arrows in the back of their fucking oh, truck. It's fun. But I think we're, so, we're, we're constantly looking for reason in this. And I think it just comes down to that. Like we made fun of people that jaywalked because they got hurt. We should make fun of people that walk around cities with AR-15s. We should point them out. We should all notice them when they're around, you know? It's, I, and my argument would be that, you know, a good owner, it, good owner isn't going downtown with a fucking AR 15. A dangerous one is. No, I'm going to say that. I, I, I would say, you know, a person who understands the fire, the, mm-hmm. the tenants of firearms, know your target and beyond. Yeah. That's, that, that's, you're literally, you're literally carrying you know, a fucking pipe wrench for something that needs a little crescent wrench. Exactly. Uh, let's say a responsible gun owner wouldn't take an AR-15 to go walking and window shopping in downtown Seattle. I would, I would argue that that's correct. Okay. I would argue, I would say that for my, I'm because you, you know, don't want to shoot everybody to defend yourself. You might get mugged. No. You might need a gun, but you don't want to kill the people behind the mugger. That makes sense. All right. 
absolutely. So I love you, Jeffrey. Thank you for being here. Love you too. I have one question, and it'll be super okay. short. How's Devi? Uh, eyes are definitely getting better. Um, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, able to see pretty far distances. Um, still still improving. You know, um, got some readers up short, uh, but it's it's really awesome to see how they're. Uh, able to see a lot further and see clearly it's cool that is cool all right thanks for being here enjoy your sunday all right thank you for being here everybody and listening to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we Sunday live stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.